Welcome to episode two of Everything Else, the new entertainment series on NBC10 Boston where we drop the most obvious topics to discuss the less expected things. To do that, each episode will start with me introducing three band topics that are based on what you expect me to ask the guest. For this episode, we spoke to Cody and Brandy Rhodes, a wrestling power couple who perform in roles on camera and behind the scenes in AEW. This interview was done the night before the league's first ever event in Boston, and we got into topics including their favorite hype-up songs and what it's like to maintain a marriage while managing a league that they also perform in. You might think wrestling's fake, but I can assure you this conversation was not. Enjoy. This podcast, we try to skip the obvious questions that you guys are probably sick of answering. Yeah. So <laughs> it's called Everything Else. We have three band topics oh, we're not going to talk about. Yeah. So the first one's going to be the WWE. Sure. Yeah. You're sick of getting compared to them. That's that's a good one to skip. It's <laughs> always funny that people are like, why can't they stop talking about WWE? And I want to say like, well, everyone <laughs> asks about WWE. You don't want to be, yeah. literally the last thing I'd ever want to say is turns into, no comment. It turns into Voldemort. Yeah. Like it's like... He who cannot be named yeah. when I worked there. <laughs> like, so they're banned. Yep. Uh, the second one is your famous family. That's a good one to ban because you'll, I hate it. <laughs> like I, it's all so, <laughs> like I had a conversation with Jim Ross last week. Like, you know, like I love how much you love my dad, but like I'm wrestling. It's not him. He just, he, I don't know. He loves it though. I, I get it. All right, what's number three? Number three is going to be the storylines, because I think we can focus on a lot of other stuff, except, you know, the day-to-day, the mm. story. They can, okay. they can watch and find out, right? Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> you know? that's you great. guys cool with that? Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. All right, so, uh, you know, we're a day before your second televised event on T- TNT. Mm-hmm. What's it like now compared to this time last week? Uh, you know, last week I actually had the rare stomach butterflies, which is so annoying. Like, I hate that. That's the most annoying thing. Like, I feel like a child when that happens. And so I kind of had to will myself um, out of them. But an an interesting story that I only shared with him after uh, everything is that uh, when we were, we we were loaded underneath the stage for his entrance. And the way, I mean, my heart was beating really fast because I'm really excited. I'm thinking about all the, you know, the high stakes and the great things and how cool this is going to be. And I have to be in like a crouched position for it to all work, especially with the dress that I had on. All of a sudden, I started feeling like I was going to throw up. And I would have been in a contained space with him, so I would have probably thrown up on him and myself. So when we emerged, I probably would have been covered in vomit, (laughs) which would have been excellent with that white dress that I had on. It didn't happen, obviously, but yeah, it's a secret story. Yeah, it was the first match in almost 20 years on TNT. It would have been... (laughs) I <laughs> would have probably moment. been my last night. Would have been <laughs> I got scared right before. I was actually like in a groove, uh, media groove, uh, talking to talent groove, going over segments. And then one thing we discovered, not to like get cocky, but we discovered that timing a show like on live TV, we thought it would be the hardest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Not that hard when you're looking at the master clock. Like, I don't know why it seems like other place I worked at, they seemed like it was like DEFCON, like time, time, time. And maybe it was because they, that's how talent was talked to so that like they could move time. Mm-hmm. But doing it with Tony, that was, I was so happy that like, oh, this isn't that difficult and to communicate with our producers. The only thing that really scared me is right before I went up on the lift, the guy told me, he's like, oh, this is the same lift that can shoot you up too. 
So I thought, what like, if we well, brother, shout out? Like, I don't know what speed you have it on, but but please do not shoot me out of this lift. And that that was the only thing that kind of scared me. But now I know forever. Like, I'm ready to jump in case it's if in case it goes. I'm that not. Way. I'll yeah. just fall. Ooh. I'll just, just roll down yeah. the stage. What a good week. So that was in D.C. Your second ever shows in Boston. Quite the honor. Why uh, was this city chosen? We were basically just going over like classic wrestling towns. Yeah. I want the boys to experience like a downtown arena mm-hmm. uh, in a city just rich with wrestling history. Uh, it has great fans. And they have these fans are not uh, easily like, they're not just Savannah, Georgia. And I love Savannah, Georgia. They boo the bad guys and cheer the good guys. Boston's a little bit more nuanced. Mm-hmm. And we're a nuanced product, so I like that. Yeah. Boston also doesn't really care. I mean, they boo John Cena every time he's here and he's from here. So Yeah, I ate a really <laughs> good one. I remember, I think it was his birthday. With Fabo, his dad was in the front row, and they still booed him. And I was riding with him at the time, and I think it got to him, that one. Um, Ray, that's a fan topic. Don't, don't oh, forget. yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit that up. So uh, being on the road all the time, you guys are obviously travel experts, or at least you have to adapt to it. What are some essentials that you have to have so you don't lose your mind? Good question. Oof. Um, for me, it's always a good gym. Like, I've always got to find a good gym, a gym that makes me feel like it's my home gym, and yeah. my home gym is fantastic, so that's a hard, it's a hard sell. I went from being really organized with my bags and packing to being really unorganized, and now I'm back to the super organized, and I have everything. I have, you have too much. I have too much. Like, I, I love, I do what Rey Mysterio used to do. I lay all my stuff out over the most obnoxious amount of space. <laughs> Every piece of tape, the socks are individually laid out. I do it because I, I want to basically be able to jump into this stuff when and if needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people use my stuff. And, it, like, Dustin uses my stuff, and I hate that. I'm sure there's a better way to phrase who he is, but uh, the money man behind this league is Tony Khan. Yeah. Sounds like he's an awesome guy. When he brought you guys on board and the initial conversation started, uh, was it you guys that suggested you had these different roles as vice president in your role in branding, or was it something he brought to you and said, I think you'd be good at this, or how did that happen? Mine is, is funny because I, I was one of the first to meet Tony in person, um, and uh, I waited for him at this restaurant, and uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, if, if, I, if we were doing this and it's going to be, you know, a, a big undertaking, I want to definite hand in in the business side of things because I have these degrees <laughs> so yeah. I feel and I've worked in you know these various areas before so I felt like I, I had a good shot at telling him like hey you need somebody back here who's who's got some of this and um so I was kind of going over to myself oh, you know make sure you tell him this make sure he knows that so I'm preparing myself for him to know nothing and he rushes in in true Tony form and he sits down and he's smiling and he goes, so this is what I had in mind for you. I think you need to do this role and this is why. I mean, your education reflects this and I know that you've worked here before and you've done this and then I know that you went to school there and actually you're really well educated for this and I really feel like you have excellent people skills and you know this and then I want, of course, you to be in the ring. I like you with Cody and this and when you guys did this in New Japan, that's exactly how I see it. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And so do you uh, want to just order something? Because you already know what, we, what I want to do. So this is great. We were on yeah. the same page from day one. You want to know it's a new band topic? Your, My degrees. Your degrees. <laughs> never. Holy You know smokes. what? No one can ever take Holy away smokes. from you. They couldn't edit your, it out. Like no one can ever take away from you your education. Your education. Does that make you mad? Does that make yeah, you mad? Because, because uh, should we ban that you 
I didn't go to college because you like to say that all the time. I too. didn't go to college, and yeah, I was a millionaire by 21, so I feel like I made the right call. I was super broke, super broke out of, out of college. Uh, I I was like the last to meet Tony. I just didn't buy it. Not him at all, because he's legitimately the coolest dude ever. If it wouldn't matter if he was paying me, if I, he had given me this role, if him and I were just offline friends, uh, he's the coolest individual ever and he has such a unique like worldly experience from these jobs he has with Jaguars and with Fulham uh, I got my best example of him when we went to a Jags game we sat in the box and got to watch him operate that uh, from his senior vice president role there with the Jags and watch him deal with those type of the players and the coach and uh, they won that game so it was all like high spirits but that was when I really got to see him and say like well this is real because every day there's been something more that happens with AEW that's like wow this is real whether it's been the trailers that play in the movie theaters right now or the the you know the trucks the 18 wheelers driving by with all the branding on it or the amount of advertising just the reports the data all that stuff it's real it's real it's real but I really found out Tony was real when I got to see that game and um He's a he's he's a special cat, and there's a lot of unique bonds there. I bond over Star Trek with him, uh, pretty you know feverishly, and then also the fact that I identify with the story of his dad is a major major player in this world, and he's built this this legacy for himself. That's a tough legacy to be the kid for, uh, and Tony's doing perfect at being in his own shoes and. I had to deal with a similar legacy with my own father. So it's something I really like. We don't talk about, but I can tell like it's a good bond to have. Tony's the man. He's a friendly, genuine, good person, human being. And man, that's tough when you're in that role. Like that's you don't see a lot of people at that that level of income and that level of sphere of influence who who are good-hearted like uh, him and his dad are. It's really cool to see. Uh, I want to touch on your news career again for a minute. Mm -hmm. So this is a two-part question. One, was there a, like an experience that made you get out of news and decide you're done with it? And two, can you help me make the jump from journalist to the pro wrestler? Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. You got the size so, for it. Here, <laughs> thick guy. I got hired at my first news job in Flint, Michigan um, because of another reporter that I knew who had a job in the Detroit market. So absolutely got that job because of them saying to the news director, hey, my friend Brandy, she's great. Uh, give her a shot. News director didn't like me from the jump for that. So she had it out for me from day one. And I tried everything I could. I stayed late. Most, so it was like a two-hour drive for me to get to Flint every day. So I'd drive the two hours. I'd be there for 12 hours. I'd wait, you know, anything else, anything else? Okay, great. Well, I'm going to go home, go home, sleep for, you know, five minutes. Hating it because I was always getting told by this lady that the stories were terrible and that there's no heart and that I can't edit and just really like laying into me all the time. So I would go, okay, I get this great piece that's going to be about figure skating because that's my background. And I'm going to put this thing together and it's going to be edited tight and, and she's going to have no choice but to love it. So I worked for probably a month on that and I stayed late, just all the stuff. I even worked with some of the other editing people and was like, hey, can you help me with this? Can you look at this? Can you help make my cuts right? Everything. Dude, nailed it. So I come in and I'm ready for the day and I'm like, this lady, I can't wait because when we talk, she's going to be so blown away. So finally, the point in the night comes where she says, Hey, Brandon, can you come in my office and talk to me? And I'm like, this is it. Yes. 
we are going, like, we're going to start our relationship over at this point. I sit down and she says, you don't deserve to be here. You're only here because Charles got you hired. Had that not been the case, I never would have hired you. Your work sucks. Your work ethic sucks. You think you're better than everybody else. And I'm like, literally, what? I just put all this time into everything. And I was like, is that what you really think? And she said, yeah, 100%. So I said, okay, well, I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel that way. And I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. I walked out. I got to my desk. I wrote up a letter of resignation, <laughs> signed it, set it on the desk, left my keys, my cell phone, everything. Never came back. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. Well, it was no rough. I get mad at that. Yeah, I'm mad bad. hearing yeah. that story. Well, it's my cold. hope is Why that one of these her? days, one of these days, because I'm Scratcher. sure she's still in news. I don't remember her name, but one of these days, I feel like How I'm going to end up at one of her stations promoting the show. How could she not? I want to be like super you. nice to her. Like right, you should say something about Boston news managers are much nicer than that. <laughs> they would never do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put that in post. <laughs> so Cody, uh, I don't mean to call you a nerd, but you are talking about Star Wars when we came in. Mm -hmm. uh, I do know you like comics and video games. Yeah. You guys get the comic book deal. I'm hoping there's a video game deal. Do you hope to be hands-on in those worlds? Yeah, I mean, I'm on the de I'm on the task force, is what we call it for the video game. Oh, really? Yeah, the video game is kind of it's not a sore subject. It's um, <laughs> the problem with a video game is the is also a good thing is there's a massive development time. So if you get a hyper realistic modern game, that's like a two to four year development. Mm -hmm. If you get a retro game which a lot of people have indicated that they might be interested in a retro game, it's a little bit shorter. So we're probably going to go with the shorter developmental time. Being that you guys now have management roles, when it comes to dealing with uh, your fellow athletes as a manager, is it ever challenging where you were once their peers, or is it like mm -hmm. from them, like, oh, great, this guy speaks my language, or she speaks my language, is it more helpful or harder? You know, I'll be honest, I feel like we've lost a few, like, buddies. Yeah. And not like in a, there's heat or they're mad, but... The moment we signed these deals, we were in Japan, and Tony sent an envoy over to literally get the signatures from the Tokyo Dome. Could have done it the next week, but there was <laughs> there was a rom romance to getting it on that January 1st with everyone's free agency ending. Mm -hmm. But the next day, the next day when we were around the, the locker room and uh, Kevin Kelly gave me some great advice. There was just this strange feeling and a bit more standoffish. And then you start to see a, a bit more hands-on-ish in terms of like persistence that you hadn't seen prior. And Kevin Kelly, he told me, he's like, nothing will ever be the same. Nothing will ever be the same for you from a management uh, perspective. And that's a, it's a kind of a bummer. Yeah. But I tell her all the time, I'm like, that's why I asked fans for feedback right before we went on with AW because if anyone can do it, if we can, if we are worth the money we're being paid, and if we're convicted the way we say we are, we should be able to stand in line and and take it and endure, and that that's part of it. And maybe those buddies will come back into our lives, and uh, maybe not. Um, I've been there on the other end. I didn't like anybody really for the most part who told me what to do unless they were honest, and that's something I heard Matt Jackson tell a talent last week. He said, "If you're honest here." It's the easiest place to work because we've all been okey-doked and politics are rampant in wrestling. There's none at AEW. And if there are, they're right on the surface. There's just transparent honesty. So uh, not talking about like production or storylines or any of that kind of stuff, but what are some things uh, people might not even notice about your industry that you guys aim to fix with this company? 
that you think are important to change? Um, I mean, I, I'm a, a little bit of a broken record in that, um, you know, it, it, you get a lot of, I guess, heat for saying you want change as far as uh, women being represented in, in the front and in the back. But um, it's because I'll be talking about it until it's something that we don't have to talk about anymore. And when that happens is when the new generation looks at something and then they say they don't say, oh, that's a woman referee. Oh, that's a woman doing that. They just say, oh, I like that. Um, but the truth of the matter is today, you know, Aubrey was our referee. She was the first ref for yeah. the, the Turner matches. And there was a lot of talk about that. Oh, you guys, good job. You had a lady ref. No, no just, it should just be she's a ref or, you know, good job, Brandy. You're, you're one of the executives. Nope, I should just be one of the executives because there should yeah. be more, too. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just wanting to push towards that, not just looking at things as, as checking a box. Not that anyone is, but if people are okay with, with certain numbers because they feel like a box has been checked, then we need to look harder at that. You can only have three hype songs for the rest of your oh career. Gosh. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's all you can listen to before matches, backstage, mm. in the gym, anything. Oh, man. I know mine. You go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Bob Sear, Turn the Page. Uh, Our Lady Peace, Is Anybody Home? And then oh, the third one, uh, oof, oof. These aren't even like hype. These are just <laughs> songs that I need uh, in my repertoire. I'd say something. I'd probably say any song from Garth, because Garth was like singing about rodeos and country music, but it almost sounds like he was talking about wrestling. Like the song Rodeo just sounds like he's talking about a wrestling show. I'm gonna just try to go quick and I'm gonna regret them all. ACDC, Back in Black, uh, Boston, More Than a Feeling. I guess like, I guess you could always do any, if I have to pick an MJ, what would I pick? I don't think you have to do MJ. I don't have to? Yeah, I think leave MJ off your list here. <laughs> really? Just, just let, time hasn't been that kind of, that, so just let, <laughs> well, pick a different song. I mean, the, mu the music is the music, though. I think Lights by Journey is, is, is a song for you. I've heard, it's, you've told me it's your favorite song. It should be part of your hype song, your favorite <sighs> song. All right, so sign it off. Uh, just a message to casual fans, diehard fans, former fans, or hopefully 2B fans. Why should they watch AEW? Uh, AEW is just new and innovative and it's wrestling how you haven't seen it before. And I know that people like to compare it to other things and there are other fantastic things that we do draw inspiration from, but it's its own thing and it, it, it's going to live on its own for a long time. And like I said on my Facebook page today, because I, I have a private Facebook that I only speak to people who are, I, I actually know, um, I like to torment them at times. I said like, Hey, What's if you missed... <laughs> I said, hey, if you missed last week, you missed history. But the good thing is we're going to be doing it every Wednesday. So join us on one of these weeks. <laughs> it's more than wrestling. You can tune in for the wrestling. But I think the thing that sells us, I say, I say one of two things sells us, and it depends on kind of who you are, like the sports-centric approach or the human connection. Uh, Jack Perry is a good example. Uh, this is Luke Perry's son. He's a jungle boy. Um, there's a human connection with him. If that makes any sense. And the dinosaur that is with him, with Luchasaurus. Was, 
oddly, these human connections. One of the reasons that things have gone so well for me is it's not a character. It's a genuine human connection with the individual that's in the ring. Uh, Chris Jericho, you have a human connection with him because you've been watching him for 20 years. Mm -hmm. My brother, the relationship we have, the reason that match works is there's a human connection. Nyla Rose and the journey she's been on, human connection, everything. Uh, the Bucks going from backyard wrestling to literally being the leadership of a massive startup human connection. I think what that means in simpler terms is you're gonna find someone that you love and wanna follow and wanna see succeed. And you might find someone like my best friend MJF that you don't love, but you want him to not succeed. And both work for wrestling. You can root against, you can root for. So that human connection. All right, that was it. Episode two of Everything Else is officially in the books. It was really great talking to Cody and Brandy. Uh, I think I did an awesome job once again. Uh, staying away from those banned topics, you know, not talking about the things you expect me to. I think I got a really unique view on the wrestling business by sticking to that. What do you think, Larry? Uh, yeah, Ray, I, I counted nine times you brought up banned topics, so an improvement from last week. Okay. Uh, all right, well, we're going to get better. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please subscribe, give us a good review, and uh, stay tuned. we got more great guests coming up. Peace. <laughs>